Welcome to LongTrailPodcast.com, a new series of podcasts about Vermont's Long Trail, the oldest long-distance hiking trail in the United States. We are podcasting from Delray Beach, Florida, our home away from the Green Mountains during our non-hiking months. I'm Ruff, and my wife, who is also my hiking partner, is Tumble. We're on the phone today with Kel Alstrup. Kel is a three-year participant in an organized annual series of day hikes whose goal is to hike the entire Long Trail. Hello, Kel, and welcome to LongTrailPodcast.com. Hello. Thank you for joining us today and talking about hiking on the Long Trail. My pleasure. I thought we'd start out by uh, letting me ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your hiking experience. Okay. I'm actually uh, from Denmark originally, uh, the original flatlander, as they call people in Vermont that move up there. We all call it flatlanders, and Denmark is uh, as flat as anything. So I didn't do any hiking when I was a kid, but later on I moved to Canada, and I, I ended up in Vancouver and did some hiking out there in, uh, in the Rockies around uh, Whistler Mountain and so on. But uh, since the early 70s, I didn't do any hiking at all. So uh, there was a big lack 30-some years ago since I did my hiking before I started this project. Now you live in the Northeast. Uh, yeah, I live in part-time in New York and part-time now. I'm a resident of Vermont, actually. This uh, group that you joined is uh, doing an annual series of day hikes. And uh, how did you hear about this group, and why did you decide to participate? A longtime friend of mine uh, was a hiker. He's done, I think, all of the 4,000 peaks, uh, peaks in the Northeast. And he started talking about this hike. And I said, that sounds interesting. Uh, is there a chance that I could be let in or if I can do it? And he checked it out with the leader, uh, which is there, John Berg. And he said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And uh, he was a little older I was and said, if I could do it, you can do it. So that's how I got involved. And I'm glad I did. Okay. And now, how old were you when you first started this project? I was uh, 61, I guess. Yeah, 61. And how many years have you participated? I've been at it for three years now. I'm 64 next month. So I'm moving up there. And we have another three years to go, as you've probably no. This is uh, not an easy trail, as you by now know, and I'm curious as to how you prepared to do these hikes, you know, and, and the overall physical challenge. What what did you have to do to get ready? Well, for, for an old geese, I'm in pretty good shape, uh, and I guess I've proved it out, but I can tell you I was somewhat apprehensive the first day we started this. I was wondering I was really going to make it or not, but uh, after the first day, all I had was sore legs, so uh, that was pretty good, and uh, it worked out well. Uh, I uh, I golfed and I always walked a golf course, so uh, my legs work okay, and I think that's the most important part of it. And uh, it turned out to be a wonderful experience for me. So you, what you're saying is it, it's best to stay active. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I still do that now. If I'm not out hiking, uh, I snowshoe uh, all winter long when I can. I go on a treadmill at 15 degrees uphill at three and a half miles just to make it look like a hiking trail, not to run but to walk, just to keep my ticker going. Uh, it's paid a thing for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was so proud when after the, the first year, I think, Aaron, in his report that he writes for all of us, called me a strong hiker. I felt I, I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to ask you, Kel, what was your impression of the long trail? Uh, what do you think of that trail as compared to, you know, what you thought going in and your, your other experiences? I, I'm amazed with the trail work that has begun, especially in the earlier days. The Long Trail, as you probably know, is turning 100 years old today as the longest or oldest long-distance hiking trail in the United States. And when I look at some of the rocks and boulders and things that have been done to prepare this trail in the early days, 
There must have been an awful lot of people put an awful lot of sweat into that. I thank them so much for that. Trail is beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful vistas, uh, you know, water. There was an abundance of flowers. We started in May from the Canadian border. It was it was better than many gardens I've been in. There were so many wildflowers, so much greenery, and so many ferns all over the place. It was just amazing to me. Okay, and you mentioned you started in May. Now, do you hike every year in May? No, uh, the way we uh, set it up, I guess you said Aaron, to give him the credit set up, was that we will hike uh, a different month every year for six years. We started in May and we'll end up in October in the southern end. So May the first year, June the second year, and July last year, and August this year. So you'll get to enjoy different levels of vegetation and also insects and heat, rain. Oh, that's absolutely right. That The first year we walked, uh, well, first two years, we actually walked in snow every now and then, and we saw the buds come out in the trees, and I guess in three years when we're done, we'll see the leaves fall off down both the Massachusetts border. Wow. I wanted to see if I could bring you back to that very first day that you stood on the trail, I guess near the Canadian border, and as you mentioned, you hadn't done this before. What was that like for you? It was exciting. It was really exciting that uh, that I had the chance to do this and a chance to prove it. And I was just worried I couldn't do it, but it worked out well. We hiked in uh, to the uh, border was a monument on the Canadian-U.S. border, and there was not a soul around, not a site of a road or a house or a building or any human uh, activity at all. We started out, 11 of us, in the, the first year and bonded and had a great time, and it was a good group. And here I am. I'm still at it. We don't have to stay now. Wait, did you have any problem finding your way? No, not really. I think that the the first trip in was a little tough because we were straight at the bottom on the, we had a van and it was a little too low to get up to where we wanted to park, but uh, he made it. And Aaron is always very, very well prepared. He knows exactly what he wants to do, where he wants to go. And he's just been a tremendous help for everybody. He's just always on top of the schedule and, and what to do and who to do. But I don't know how he does it all, but He's uh, like a professional that doesn't get paid. <laughs> now, you mentioned you had 11 folks. Yeah. When you hike, does the group all stay together and hike with the slowest person, or how do you do that, or do you split up? We sometimes hike together, and uh, the group has been up to 22. Uh, the year before last was for maybe low bots. We were up to about three groups, a fast group, a medium group, and a slow group. But we always make sure we have somebody sweeping and somebody leading and that we end up all together at the end and get home together. One year, actually, what we did, we shuttled cars back and forth uh, at the beginning and end of every day. And one year, what we did, we exchanged keys in the middle. One group hiked from the north, one hiked from the south, and in the middle we met and exchanged keys and did it that way. Let's see. This is 2010. You have completed three annual hikes. Yeah. Or a series of hikes. And how far have you gone, how much of the trail have you completed? We are just a little more than halfway. We have uh, Route 125 with cross, across Vermont, halfway down the state. Okay, that's middle what we had on schedule. Okay, I'm right on schedule. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you think back from those three years, what are some of the memories you have, some of the really good memories from these day hikes? Well, uh, we have been lucky. We had wonderful weather despite, despite all the... Um, the problem with, with the rain that we had this last year, we had managed to get the nice and beautiful sunny weather, warm weather, and it's been just great all along. Some of my experience where there's still an awful lot of mud. A couple of them went into it, you know, and everybody got home okay. We, we had uh, a couple of scrapes here and there, but uh, no, no major injuries. We had a couple of people that eventually had to decide this was probably a little too strenuous for them. 
they weren't prepared, they hadn't prepared their bodies, I guess. But other than that, it's just been a, a great experience in the wonderful nature. And I'll do look forward to the next two years. Are there any particular highlights that you had in terms of um, sections of the trail? I know you did Mansfield and you've done Camel's Hump, Jay Peak. Yeah. Some of these things stand out for you? Uh, I was surprised that there's hardly anything you get above the pre mine. There's just a couple of hundred feet in the top of Mansfield and, and the Camel Tumble. There's very little vegetation, but otherwise, there's no. There's a reason why I've been on this called the Green Mountain State because everything is green pretty well to the top. So we usually never get out and walk in the sun. We we walk under the shade, which is good for everybody. Nobody gets burned off. Yeah, again, the views are spectacular. Mansfield uh, was on the rough side, it was a little more than uh, hiking. Thing is called scramble. Well, not quite mountain climbing, but uh, it was rough. You had to be in good chariot to make it work, and uh, you had to be unafraid of the hikes and looking down. And um, that, that bothered some people, of course. But we all got through it okay. One one day, uh, I was decided to be the sweeper with a friend of mine. And uh, if it had been raining and we had bad weather, we would have trouble getting out because it was a 15 mile day, and a couple of them were getting really slow. But we made it out, and everything is good. The uh, terminology used as a sweeper does that mean you were at the rear? I'm at the, the last run, yeah. That one day, the 15-mile, I decided I was, uh, that was going to be my day to do the sweep, so I stayed in the rear all day long. We were about two hours after the first group. That's uh, how much slower we were, but we made it up before the sun went down, and it didn't rain or anything, so we were okay. Okay, so as the sweeper, you would go as slow as the slowest hiker? Yeah, I would be behind the slowest hiker, or at least uh, invisible contact from the slowest hiker all the time. Do you make use of compass or maps or anything uh, along the way, or do you pretty much just follow the white blazes? We just there and tell us where to start, and we follow the white blazes. And I can't believe I haven't been left for a couple of tenths of a mile a couple of times. Aaron laughs at me, but that did happen. I was too busy hiking and looking down and not looking up and mm-hmm. forgot to take a turn a couple of places, but that did last long. We got back on track pretty fast, and we never lost anybody yet. If someone does lose the trail, what would you advise them to do? If they lose a trailer, well, we are all supposed to have a whiffle, so within a couple of tens of a mile, we can hear each other. And uh, I would say backpack to the trail as soon as you can. Uh, otherwise, as far as I know, I'm not the experienced hiker, but I would say walk downhill, follow a road, follow a stream eventually, and uh, you will get out somewhere. But we do try to stay close enough, and uh, that trail is well marked. There's really no problem there. Okay. It's just uh, that I didn't look up and looked at the uh, markers changed for white to blue, and I, I was supposed to, as you know, the long trail marked in white, and all of a sudden it was blue, and I didn't look up for a couple of tenths, but that was all. Okay, so the blue blazes are typically indicate a, an approach trail or a side trail, as they're called. That's correct. And you did make use of side trails on occasion to access the trail. Yeah, because we need a place to park, and from there we need to get into the long trail. Uh, every now and then we had to walk a half a mile, or I think up to two miles, in one or two occasions to get into the long trail, and then uh, join the, the white places and, and move the long trail. If a middle-aged person who doesn't have a lot of hiking experience is listening today, could you talk about some of the difficulties that you encountered and maybe talk about how you handled them? I tried to become in good shape, better than normal, maybe before we left, do some hiking on my own on some shorter uh, day hikes before we uh, went. Make sure I had uh, good equipment, good shoes, uh, and uh, footwear, so uh, and that I wouldn't have a problem with my feet. Otherwise, uh, it was just a matter of uh, getting up there and, and moving up and hoping I could handle it. 
Uh, but I, I have seen people that have been out with us that I know if they had been in better physical shape before the hike, they would have been okay. But they just thought they could go out there and hike 15 miles and be okay without any previous training. And uh, that could be tough. Uh, I, I don't suggest that that would be a good idea. You will enjoy it much better if you are in good physical shape. So it's worth spending a little time on that ahead of a big hike like this. Okay, would you suggest the use of poles, hiking poles? We all use hiking poles. Uh, I generally use them every now and then. I just carry them, but I always have them with me. And they, they do help stabilize a lot. And I think all of us are using one or two poles without exception. Are they more useful for you on the downs or the ups? Yeah, I like them best on the downs, actually. Well, really, obviously, if you slip or something like that, it's great to have poles there to stabilize. So and if you're going across a, a stream or something like that, it can also be very helpful. Did you encounter a lot of very busy streams that were difficult to cross? No, no, not at all. There was one where there used to be a stream up north, and they now put a beautiful suspension bridge up there, so it's the very least real way to, to cross the stream where they used to have to basically go up to the waist deep in the spring when the water was running high. Could have been an experience, but I think one hour I'll do without. Okay. I think you're referring to the Lamoille River Bridge that went... That's correct, yeah. They know this trail very well. Now, you mentioned that you're in your early 60s, and... Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're a testament to a person who does not let age inhibit them in terms of this kind of a physical challenge. Are there any tips that you have for other senior hikers, some do's and don'ts that come to mind? Well, I haven't done it, but we have one lady with us who is uh, you know, shorter than I am. Uh, well, I'm not sure on average. She's a little over five feet, but uh, I call her the trail dancer. And what she has done is she has taken ballet lessons in between to, to be very flexible. And I saw a difference between year one and year two. Year two, she was much faster on her feet and much more nimble because she had to get out and done something for herself to make it easier the next year. And it really worked for her. So that's one thing, certainly. And I think just stay in good physical shape all year long so you don't all of a sudden go out and do something like this that you're not ready to do. So I hike some uh, three, four, five-mile hikes by myself, and uh, I don't, as I said, do a lot of snowshoeing in the wintertime, and uh, that keeps me in pretty good shape all year. As you mentioned, Kel, these are strictly day hikes. Did you choose to do day hikes as opposed to backpacking overnight? No, this was just the way that uh, our leader um, laid the hike out that he wanted to do, the whole thing north to south, which is unusual in itself, on the six years of day hikes and try to keep the maximum hike in any given day to 15 miles. And so far, we've been able to do without staying overnight. I personally have no problem staying out overnight. I, I, quite frankly, I don't have the gear for it because I'm used to it. But if I had to go out and get it, I'll go get it. Could be uh, actually exciting, I think. But uh, that's just not what we're doing in this particular series of hikes. Well, I guess uh, along the way, since you've completed half the trail, you have had an opportunity to pass through quite a few of the shelter and camping areas along the way. Do you utilize the shelters at all in your hikes, and uh, have you have you thought about camping in some of them? We haven't thought about camping. We only use the shelters at a meeting point. That's usually for can we use the shelter to sit down and have our lunch and rest a few minutes while everybody catches up and uh, gets the breath back and do whatever they need to do, and then we move far from there. In the southern land, it might be tough to break out and do it all day hike. We might end up. We try to avoid it. We might end up uh, having to stay overnight one or two nights in the last two years because the stretch is up to, I think, 22 miles without any seeming exit that we can find so far. This next um, thing I'm curious about is that since you have now hiked three years, I guess you started in May, you've done May, June, and July, and 
are already down to Middlebury Gap. Are you encountering a lot of folks on the trail? Are they mostly day hikers? Do you see a lot of end-to-end backpackers? I think it's probably half and half. I'm really surprised with how few people we have met, but in because especially since we go north to south, I think most people go south to north. I thought we would have been meeting more people going the other way, but not an awful lot at all. And uh, half of them are walking by themselves. Really, you are all ages. I see people all ages. The people are walking the long distance with their dogs, with a backpack on a saddlebag on the dog. And you can kind of see the uh, walked along uh, the uh, long distance hikers from the rest of us, especially guided by the length of their beard. <laughs> you know, that's usually how it goes. The, I thought the trail would be used more than it is, but hey, uh, it makes a very nice environment for the rest of us. It's one way to look at it. Well, now, as you reach the southern part of the trail, specifically from Main Junction south, you will encounter Appalachian Trail through hikers who are on the trail in Vermont in uh, July and August. Yeah. Uh, I think this year it'll change a lot because we'll pass that crossing point or where the two trails are joining this year, and I think then the traffic will probably increase quite dramatically. I wouldn't be surprised. And also, it's more populated down south for if you're not, if you're just day hikers, tend to be more people closer to where people live. So that by itself will probably give more traffic than we have seen so far. Right. Have you have you met anyone, um, or at least have you had a chance to talk to any of these through hikers? Yeah, we uh, usually, if we meet a through hiker, we try to take a little time to chat a little bit about their experiences uh, and so on. And uh, Everybody seems to be in, in good spirits and good health. If they made it that far, they're true hikers. They are, of course, uh, all set to do the rest of it because we only met people that don't least half of it at this point. And, and if they make that far, they usually finishes. They're all, always nice folks, so you, you meet the nicest people when you hike. I agree with that. Absolutely. What are your plans for 2010 and beyond? Well, we'll do the next three years, and uh, I'll be, what, 66 for the time we have done. And if I can get onto something else like this, I still work uh, most of the time, so I take a week off to do this. I, I'll never retire, and hopefully I'll never stop hiking. But uh, I do some local things around Manchester where I hang out. I uh, hike the Equinox, the Lybrook, the uh, Aeolus Mountain, and there's so many hiking trails out there that I haven't explored yet, so there's plenty of things to do. Just strictly, just a lack of time more than anything else. Okay, so once you join the group at the Massachusetts border, you will be an official end-to-ender. That's and right. It sounds like that's not going to stop you right there. You're going to keep on hiking. I will, because it's good for me, and it, it leaves no carbon footprint, and it's healthy, and it's inexpensive, and I mean, and you meet nice people. We've become very good friends, some of us. We've gone in bed throughout the original 11, as I think. Six of them left that I think will all finish up if they physically can, which so far looks good. And they've become friends, some of them, so it's, it's just been a great experience. Well, I wanted to mention that uh, for those of you listening who are interested in learning more about these hikes, you're welcome to listen to our recent podcast with Aaron Schoenberg, who, as Kel mentioned, is the group organizer and leader. Yeah, but he's the master. He's really good at this. Well, you just need to go to longtrailpodcast.com select the podcast tab, and then select Voices from the Trail, and then select Aaron to listen to the podcast where Aaron describes what are some of the planning issues and what are some of the concepts and objectives and and his putting together this series of hikes. And it sounds like Kel is uh, well on his way to joining Aaron uh, in completing the entire long trail. 
Well, Cal, I wanted to say that it, it's really been great chatting with you, and uh, I want to wish you the best of luck on the rest of your hikes. Thank uh, you very much. Tumble, and I hope to see you on the trail. Well, that would be nice. We got meeting you last year, and I uh, hope to see you again. That would be great. Okay, well, bye-bye for now. Goodbye. This has been a presentation of LongTrailPodcast.com. We hope you will return and enjoy future podcasts about Vermont's Long Trail. Until then, this is Ruff of Rough and Tumble, Long Trail, End to End, 2003.